Hello and welcome to the Amplifier Podcast, the show where the best in business discuss how you can grow your business best. I'm Wyatt McPherson, I produce this show, and today our host Don Cooper is joined again by the man behind Bluefish and the author of Bluefishing, The Art of Making Things Happen, Mr. Steve Sims. Steve is on the show today for part two of a three-part conversation, covering everything from how you can surround yourself with the best people in this episode, to his story of writing his book, and what the key to wealth might just be in episodes one and three. So definitely make sure you check out our other episodes with Steve after this one, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss any episodes in the future. But with all of that said, I truly do hope that you enjoy this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. So we've become really bad at communicating. And this is what pisses me off. COVID comes along and mm-hmm. everyone turns around and says, oh, I can't just hang out with my friends. Go piss yourself. You weren't hanging out with them in the first place. Yeah. You were doing everything to outsource your opinion. How, do you, how many times do you say, hey, do you like me in this jacket? What do you think of this shirt? Do you think my ass looks big in these jeans? Yes, it does. You know, you <laughs> get all of this kind of shit. That used to be stuff we used to have conversations with with friends. And in fact, I'm just about to send out a newsletter on how fake the sitcom Friends was. Yep. Okay. We're talking about like how, how old are you? Uh 48. 48. All right. Friends came out in the 90s. Yep. Six people that never fell out of undying love for each other. Yeah. Now let me ask you this seriously. Did you have six committed friends in the 90s? No. Now, here's the daft thing. I grew up with a bunch of people that I love, and I've got two. And I'm very fortunate to have two. Now, psychologically, they've actually announced there's been studies on this. In the 80s and 90s, you were were over the top if you had three. Most people had two reliable friends. I'm not talking about pals. Yeah. I'm not talking about mates. I could fill a stadium on pals and mates. I'm not about people that you can disturb at two o'clock in the morning. They go, Steve, what's wrong? And I'll say, I need you to turn up with the bail, you yeah. know, and that'll be there. You know, <laughs> I need. You well, know, well, when you say that, that's happened to me, right? I've got two. I've got two friends, and right, I got myself go. into a bind, and they had to come and get me. <laughs> it's, it's happened. It's happened. So, but now, do you know they reckon that we've only got one? Yeah. Because we're so frightened of being vulnerable. We're so frightened and inadequate of having an open conversation. And they're all going, oh, COVID, I couldn't communicate. You were doing a bad job. And in the background, in the background, Alexa, Siri, Amazon, these are all transactional societies. My, my son speaks to Siri more times than he speaks to his mates. Because yeah. he'll pick up the phone and say, wake me up at five o'clock. Remind me to put the pizza in at two. Turn the music on. You know, add those seconds up. He's having a conversation more times a day with Siri than he is, is his best mates. Yeah. And so as we're getting worse at it, and now with COVID, we're actually getting scared to have conversations. Yeah. I heard, I heard a, um, a clinical psychologist the other day talking about social hangovers. Where we haven't spoken to people for so long, mm-hmm. when we start having conversations, we get hung over, we get tired because it's like any muscle we haven't used it in so long. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't know how much I missed it until yesterday. Yesterday. So um, 
there's been a ton of restrictions here and they just opened up on July 1st. And so yesterday was the first day where masks can come off in our ter in our region and people can just hang out. And my sons messaged me and they, it was funny uh, on uh, what was the yesterday was what Wednesday th Thursday. So Wednesday night, my boys were out at a bar. They're 18 and 26 and they and and the bar was still on restriction rules. So they had they had uh, crowd limits and they had to shut down. Last call was at 11 o'clock. My boys messaged me and laughed and said, Dad, you know, they last calls at 11 o'clock, but the new rules start at midnight on July 1st. So they're going to do last call at 11 and we're going to order three drinks and then they're going to start serving us again and let in and let in double the capacity at midnight. <laughs> what, the, what kind of foolish bullshit bureaucracy is it that an hour before the boys had to stop having a drink and they could and the bar was half empty and then an hour later magic fairy dust appeared and they can fill the bar up and start serving booze again it's a weird look there's a lot of weirdness <laughs> going on but uh it, it is what it is i just pray i just pray we can not only get back to communicating yeah um but actually realize how much we've missed it yeah. and actually take an effort. You know, I'm going to be prodding very heavily to go, look, you didn't have as many friends as you thought you did. No one ever had, like, if you look at the program Seinfeld, mm -hmm. Seinfeld was going out with one of them, and the other one was his next door neighbor. Yeah. Okay? These weren't three of his dearest friends that were all grew up together. There were relationships that have been adopted by location or by work or by, you know, a relationship. So Seinfeld was real. Seinfeld was normal. Yeah. Friends was not. Oh, yeah. So it's, I, I'm hoping that we kind of wake up and go, shit, I want that. And then do something about it. Yeah. Tell me about some of the crazy shit you've done for people. Oh, I just think I, I just think it's I just think it's they're, they're funny, fun stories. Yeah, about, had, about uh, making stuff happen that just seem impossible. Well, that's the first thing. I was too stupid to realize it was hard to do, so yeah. I just kept going at it. And I, I, the, that word you used, I avoid that like like Voldemort, uh, Voldemort, whatever his name is in Harry Potter. I try not to even say that word because the second you say it, you which kind word? of acknowledge which word. The, the one that you said that started with uh, IMP. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, it's well, just, but I, I think, I think it, I think if you break it down and put it in an apostrophe there, it says I am possible. <laughs> there you go. I'll take that. But yeah. I always went for stuff. So the stuff that I've done, I've got you playing drums with Guns N' Roses. I've got you on stage singing with the rock band Journey. I've got you front row at every single fashion week in the entire planet from Melanta to, to LA. Uh, and LA was embarrassing, but there you go. Um, I've had you driving Formula One cars. I've had you um, hanging out with Elton John at his Oscar party. I've had people walk on rolls in the background of big uh, uh, TV shows like Entourage or big Hollywood movies. Um, I uh, One of my biggest ones that people knew about was uh, I had a very powerful client want to have a dining experience in Florence. So I closed down the Academia de Galleria, the famous museum that houses Michelangelo's David set up a table of six at the feet of David. And at nine o'clock at night, they came in, had dinner from a very famous Tuscan chef at the feet of this iconic statue with a string quartet in the corner before, in an entirely closed down museum. And then I asked them if they'd like me to get a local entertainer to serenade them. And they went, yeah, that'd be fine. 
and I brought in Andrea Bocelli to serenade them during their pasta. And she dropped oh. a fork. <laughs> as It was funny because as I said to him, hey, I've got a local entertainer. May I bring them in so that he can serenade you? And they were like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. And as I walked in arm in arm with Andrea Bocelli, she dropped a fork. Now, if you can imagine in a museum where it's so, so silent, yeah. you're the Echo. only one in there and she drops a fork on a marble floor. That was funny. A local entertainer, eh? Yeah, I, I always, I always like to play on the. Uh, I like to mess around with the climax. Mm-hmm. So I like to go. Oh yeah, I'm going to get you to meet them, and then before you know it, you've actually gone into the studio and you're actually jamming with them. Right. So I always like to undersell and overdeliver. Right. Or uh, you know, get married in the Vatican and get blessed by the Pope. Yeah, that was the other <laughs> thing. Yeah, that was that was kind of cool. That's insane. Um, tell me about the chug test. I love the chug test. Oh, it's very simple. Um, I went through a stage in my life, like everyone, where as an entrepreneur, I was trying to satisfy everyone and therefore satisfying no one. Um, and it got me very depressed and I actually went on a big drinking binge. Um, and my friends actually had to kick down the door again. Luckily I had those friends and one of them was one of the two that's still been with me. He came flying through the door and I was just you know, comatose to like two o'clock in the afternoon because I was so depressed that I'd literally just been selling myself out. Couldn't recognize who I was, what I stood for. He broke the door down and they got me sobered up and uh, took me to the hospital and stuff. Um, And I thought to myself, I only, I like going to a bar and having a drink with someone I like. And if I don't like them, I don't have a drink with them. And I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. How about if I applied that philosophy to my life? So I came up with it, and this literally it came to me in a dream. And I was walking up this British high street, and in my dream, there's two lanes of traffic between me and the other side of the road. And there's cars going up and down. And as I'm walking up the high street, on the opposite side of the high street, on the opposite side of this moving traffic, is someone in my world. My accountant, one of my sales team, you know, someone... I'm in a relationship with a client, someone in my world that I know. Do I, A, quickly look left in the window? And there you have it. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of the Amplifier Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about or get in touch with Steve Sims or our host, Don Cooper, then you can do so at any time by following their links in the description of this episode. And remember that if you or your company are ever looking to start a podcast, then you can do so the easiest way by checking out our custom podcast creator at AmplifiedPodcast.com. But with all that said, I truly do hope that you have enjoyed this episode of the Amplifier Podcast, and we cannot wait to see you here next time.